You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parsnip Ship. I'm Ivan E. Debery, and tonight is the second episode of our fifth season, and we are thrilled to be featuring female playwrights this season, all female playwrights. Give it up for the ladies. Um, we are recording tonight's reading at the Mark O'Donnell Theater in the Actors Fund Art Center in downtown Brooklyn. Thank you again for hosting us and supporting the Parsnipship again this season. <laughs> Gotta give it up. All right, and tonight we are hearing Buried Roots by Michelle Tyrene Johnson. <laughs> Directed by Caesar Williams. And we have the amazing, badass Marie Gabriel as our musician tonight. And you may know Marie from our episode of Polycarpa by Diana Bravano, so we're really excited to welcome her back again. Um, we would like to start our night by asking our playwright one question um, before we, we get into the show, which is, what would the world be missing if it didn't have this play, Michelle? an opportunity for me to meet so many of my playwright friends in person who um, I never get to see in person. But um, in reality, um, it would probably miss a play that explores how black people have a complicated relationship with trying to trace back their roots. Mm. It's not as simple as, um, what is it, 23 DNA, I can go back 50,000 generations back to Eve. It's more like, ooh, this abruptly stopped. And then sometimes um, it stops on the other end. So it's not just a an upward um, lack of being able to trace your roots. Mm. It's a sideways lack of being able to trace your roots. Mm. That's beautiful. And I like, I'm gonna, we're going to get into that during the interview. We're going to get into that. Let's get started with our night with our first song by Marie Gabriel. Are the songs you sing 
cruise John Mercury all the way to New Orleans across Lake Pontchartrain it was the longest bridge I'd ever seen we were broke we lived hard and fast we were free The days became the nights And the dreams were always there for free And the passion in your eyes Left me more than a memory Daryl, I'll be reading stage directions. Hi, I'm Malika Millette. I'm playing Jamie McBride. Hi, I'm Sarita Covington, and I'll be playing M Belinda Corker and Offstage Woman. My name is Grant Mackin. I'll be reading Drake. Hi, my name is Jay Mazak. I'll be reading Theo Corker. And I'm Caesar Williams, and I'll be reading Offstage Man. Buried Roots, written by Michelle Tyreen Johnson. Characters, Jamie McBride, college professor, black woman, 50s. Drake Winston, Jamie's husband, white man, 50s. Theo Corker, Jamie's student, black man, 20s. Belinda Corker, Theo's mother, black woman, 50s. Offstage man, black man who sounds middle-aged. Offstage woman, younger adult, black woman. Setting bounces between classrooms, the upscale living room of Jamie and Drake, and the dingy living room of Theo and Belinda. The light shift scene changes are not meant to be realistic shifts. Time and place, large city in the Midwest in 2030. Act one, scene one. These are two offstage voices. This was not the plan. 
None of this was ever the plan. Hey, don't get smart with me, woman. Don't talk to me like I'm a child, man. Look, what I meant was... What I mean is... Now those are the proper words for you to say. What I mean is... Say it. Say it! What I mean is... That's more like it. You're the one that's supposed to have had a fancy education. So finish the sentences. What do you mean? I want to keep it. That's ridiculous. I'm going to keep it. No, you are not. Yes, I am. You are not, and this is not up for discussion. There isn't a damn thing you can do about it. You have no say. Little girl, when have you ever known Solomon Corker to have no say over anything? Scene two. Jamie sits head down in an empty classroom at the professor's desk next to a lectern. Theo walks in, tentatively carrying a backpack. Is this Geno Basics? Jamie doesn't look up. Excuse me, ma'am. Is this the Geno Basics classroom? Jamie looks up. No. I'm sorry. My schedule said it was in this room. First, the name of the class is Basics of Genealogical Research. Specificity matters, especially in genealogy. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's not ma'am. It's Professor McBride. Class ended 10, no, 11 minutes ago. I didn't realize your name's... Anyway, sorry, Professor, totally misread my schedule. My name threw you off. No. Yes. Well, maybe. You didn't think I would be black or a woman. Happens all the time. So what year are you? What year am I? What year are you? Assuming that I let you take this class after missing the first one, I guarantee you that the inquiries get far more rigorous and the answers are expected to be more agile. I'm a senior. Professor, I really need this class, okay? Let me be honest. So what had happened was- You probably was, should have led with truth or some version of it. Once you said you were a senior, that made it highly improbable that you misread your schedule. I just got out of a meeting with an advisor. To graduate this December, I need to take a science course. She found this for me. Why aren't you graduating in May? Because I didn't take a basic science course. You need to warm up your full disclosure muscles if you want to be in my class. I hate science. Always have. Biology in high school is the last science class I ever wanted to take, but... But? I can't get around it. You can't get around what? Really, young man, you're wasting the tiny window of opportunity you've crawled through to convince me of anything. I'm being straight. I really need to take this class to get my degree. In what area of study are you receiving your degree? International relations. Please don't tell me you want to go to law school. It's not the road to abundant riches or instant credibility. The years that Trump was president was the last time society entertained a working excess of attorneys. No law school for me. At least not yet. Why international relations? I like to travel. So you travel a lot? No, I don't travel at all. I guess I should have said that I want to travel. And you think a degree in international relations is an airline ticket? In the hood where I'm from, since I'm not a baller, I figured this might get me a job where people run me my money to travel. I'm not your advisor. I'm asking more than I need to know to decide whether or not to let you in my class. It's your lucky day. You letting me in? Two students didn't show up on the first day. I'm feeling generous. Let me see your student ID chip to add your name to the computer roster. Theo hands what looks like a small flash drive to Jamie. Jamie puts it into her laptop. She is visibly impacted by what she sees but immediately tries to cover. Thelonious Corker. That's an unusual name. I just go by Theo. Theo it is. Here's a copy of my syllabus. 
I need you to read the first chapter and write a two-page paper sent to my email by not a second later than 4 p.m. on the day before the next class. If I don't promptly receive it, you won't be in this class. Understood? Yes, ma'am. Don't disappoint me, Mr. Corker. Scene three. Scene shifts to the merged dining room living area of Belinda and Theo. Belinda sits in a retail work uniform with an ID badge on, tired and drinking a cheap beer at the worn, cheap dining room table. The dining room furniture is low-end working class. Boy, you disappointing the hell out of me. You know I don't want to hear a whole lot of foolishness as soon as I get home. Mama, I said she's a sister. You realize this would be the first black woman I've had teaching me at this school? I've lost track of my days. This is the night my lawyer lady show come on, right? The black one or the white one? The white woman with the cop family. That's tomorrow night. The black lawyer lady is tonight. Anyway, I practically had to beg her to let me in her class so I can graduate. I mean, graduate late, but graduate. See, this why you need a woman. Tell her all your little school business, too. Never mind. Stop acting like you ain't ever had no black people teaching your ass. You had plenty of black folks teaching you up all through school. Shit, nigga, you around a black woman every time you drag your ass home. I know, mama, but this is college. It's been nothing but white people. Whose fault is that? I know. I said, whose fault is that? I heard you, mama. You the one that wanted to go there so bad. Still don't know why you didn't try to go for a basketball scholarship or shit, even a track scholarship. Mama, I wasn't that good. You were good enough. This isn't like the old days when rich white folks could buy their way into an athletic scholarship. You know they still doing that shit. Well, even deeper undercover now. Besides, we ain't got no money to pay nobody off. If they want you, they recruit you. Like Dewey. Like Dewey. That boy gonna be set for life. So you keep saying. That's true that he gonna be set for reoccurring head injuries for life. You don't know that. Stop being so jealous. I ain't jealous of big headed Dewey. I'm trying to tell you about my new professor in the class. I thought it would be boring, but I read the first chapter and- And it's already boring to me. <laughs> right. Baby, give me another beer. Don't you want to get out that uniform first? You been- Boy, bring me a beer. I'm gonna need another one if you're gonna keep going on about school. I'll shut up. Baby, don't be like that. Scene four. Scene shifts to Jamie and Drake in their very upper-class living room. Honey, don't be like that. I'm trying to tell you about this huge coincidence that walked into my classroom today, and you keep changing the subject. I'm not changing the subject. I'm interjecting new ones. Please don't play corporate negotiator with me. And please don't bring up my job as a dig, Professor. Oh, so that wasn't a dig. No, mine was just a reminder that you're better than that. Better than what, exactly? Why does it feel as if you're trying to pick an unnecessary fight with me? Actually, it's a necessary fight if you won't let me talk about this for two minutes without interrupting me with something else. I'm listening. Really? Really. So this kid just walked into your classroom. You had no idea it was him. How would I? I was this close to letting him walk out the door without knowing. And maybe that would have been for the best? Aha! The real reason you keep interrupting me. You don't want to hear about this because you're upset that I found him. You didn't find him. He wandered in by chance. By chance. You think he knows? There's absolutely no way he could. I'm not upset. Not exactly. I just, I have always had a problem with the ethics of this. You could lose your government clearance. How many times will you remind me of that? I had stopped with the reminders, even though you seem to keep forgetting how much the laws have changed in the past few years, but now... Now what? Just say it, Drake. I don't know what you think you can 
can be accomplished by taking information off the computer screen and trying to mold it into a living human being who's now taking your class. There is so much wrong with what you just said. First of all, I think it's really insensitive that you reduced that you reduced what I came across as just information off the computer screen. And I should not have put it that way. I'm sorry. It's no, just that let me finish. Mm. And I'm not trying to mold anyone into anything. He's a real life human being and I can't unknow what I now know. Are you going to tell him? I don't plan on telling him anything. I know this isn't a deposition. No, it's not. But if it were, a lawyer would pounce all over the wiggle room that rests in what you're saying that you don't plan on telling him anything. Drake, I'm not. His secret is safe. Or is it my secret? Under the law, now it's the secret of anyone and everyone. Are we going to play Da Vinci Code all night? I'd rather just watch the movie again. No, you wouldn't. That's a weak try, my love. You improperly used a dat database that you have access to only because of your government contract. I keep telling you... I know. You keep telling me again and again and again. It's like the second half of one of your Law & Order episodes. Stop acting like you don't love Lenny Briscoe, too. Anyway, let's shift this conversation. Google or Alexa or that new Jason device might overhear and send the audio of this conversation to the CIA. Look, as you said, a real live human being walked through your door and you think this is going to be the end of it. Actually, I do. Honey, he's a student in your class. You have to admit, though, this is one hell of a coincidence. I mean, I couldn't have constructed this if I tried. You didn't, did you? It happened exactly the way I told you it happened. Are you calling me a liar? Uh, of course not. You're the most honest woman I've ever met. The reason I abandoned my plan to live the rest of my days as a dashing divorced bachelor. <laughs> the word is divorcee with an accent. I thought that was just a divorced woman. No. I want to just make sure we're clear on this. I'm intrigued, not stupid. My improper access, as you keep calling it, it was just about looking up information, not actively doing anything with it once I found it. Oh my God. That's a moral distinction that only a certain former White House holder with a bad comb over could have said with a straight tweet. He may not be president anymore, but I know you are not comparing me to him. Not if you want to get any for the rest of this calendar year. Moving in for a seductive embrace. I plan to get any and plenty. <laughs> well, all righty then. Now that we understand each other. Oh, we understand each other. I just need you to be careful with this. Scene five. In the classroom, sounds of other students leaving as Theo stays behind to talk to Jamie. You just need to be careful in how you have these conversations. Why? Because these white people can't handle the truth? Not my problem. I'm not saying that you're incorrect. I'm just saying that you need to learn the weapon of diplomacy when certain topics come up. Especially if you say you want to go into international relations. Sometimes diplomacy starts at home. I guess. But when you talk about bloodlines and how people are connected, I get so mad at these folks who get smug about how far they can trace their roots back. Well, shit, I mean, shoot, we black people would love to trace our people back too. But we got shoved on a boat, didn't get to walk onto one. You are right. But in this classroom, those folks, as you call them, are paying students too. Students who have no idea that their clear lineage isn't a given for everyone. But don't you get tired? 
Tired of letting them brag about family while acting all clueless and innocent about ours? That's why I don't let the classroom conversations stray to the personal. Today was an example of why. But how many black students take this class? How many of any kind of folks that ain't white take this class? Not very many. Maybe that's why the conversations in here rarely get that heated then. Bo talking about how his people came from Scotland ain't exactly going to have a throwdown with Brock who comes from Ireland. You do have a point, but I still expect you to manage these conversations better, all things considered. What do you mean? A major in international relations. Why is that a draw for you, if you don't mind my asking? Nah, nah. I'm just glad somebody's interested. My mom thinks it's the craziest thing in the world. She thinks my cousin getting his brains bashed in to play football makes more sense. But what does your mother do? She's a cashier at Family Dollar. I can't stand that place. Nothing costs a dollar. <laughs> your, well, your mother may not have sufficient exposure to understand your goals, and I may not either, but explain it to me. I can tell from the way you were taking to this class that something has inspired you. Back when we had cable, I used to always watch Travel Channel. The further away, the better. Paris, Morocco, London, Amsterdam, Prague, the Northern Lights, Australia, and of course, Africa. Not that safari sh mess, though. I want to see the places with people that look like us. I saw this special on this city called Loam in some country called the, I can't remember. Togo, West Africa. You've heard of it? Have you been there? I bet you have. No, just studied it as part of a genealogy project. I agree with you that the place sounds fascinating. My mama walked through the room once when I was watching this special, and when they showed that market where they sold voodoo, sh <clears throat> voodoo stuff, I'm surprised she didn't get rid of cable on the spot. Anyway, I, I want to see all those places someday. But there are other ways to travel, like being a flight attendant or a travel agent or... You thinking I can't do international relations? I don't think it's a matter of can't. Theo, tell me what you think it is. Well... I think it's learning about people and helping them get along, no matter how different they are. Do you do that now? I do with my boys all the time. One of them got beef with another one, I end up talking both of them down and then boom, it's over. Okay, that's great. You're a mediator. I never thought of it that way before, but yeah, I guess I am. So at this point, you've declared your major though. You sure? No. Has your advisor discussed any of this with you? Please, I just got a new one anyway. These advisors don't take us seriously. The only reason my advisor mentioned this class to me was because she was sick of me bugging her about how to get out of taking a science class to graduate. The good thing is that you can get a mediation certificate after you graduate. You don't necessarily need to obtain another degree, but we need to get you on a summer internship. <laughs> that sounds great, but I don't even know how to get one of those. What foreign language classes have you taken? I took a couple of semesters of Spanish. Are you fluent? I've been known to order a cerveza or two in my day. <laughs> and my boy Manuel has taught me more than the classes. That's a start. I wanted to ask you about something you never talk about in class. My advice to you is don't tee up your question, just ask it. Find a way to ask that is direct but not brusque. Why do you even find this genealogy stuff interesting? You don't? It's more interesting than I thought it would be, but you seem to find it fascinating. Note a projection for the audience to see of still life photos from the different eras and places as Jamie passionately talks in this fellow monologue. 
I look at someone's genealogy records and I don't just see names and dates of birth and marriages and deaths. I see stories. Hmm. I see people connected through time. Mary Smith is born to Samantha and Frank Smith in the 1990s. Samantha Blythe, before she became Smith, was born to Samuel Blythe from Portland, Oregon, and Jessica Cullen Blythe from Kansas City, Missouri. Frank Smith's parents are from Independence, Missouri and Jersey City, New Jersey. So Mary Smith, born in a time of boy bands and game boys, comes into existence because people from Oregon and Missouri, Missouri and New Jersey converged. Yeah. And let's not even talk about the parents and grandparents before them. All these leaves and branches and roots going back to other lands, other times. Whether you go forward or backward, there's one narrative after another of chance meetings, arranged marriages, lust at first sight, lust at last sight, <laughs> hundreds of necessary timings where if even one connection didn't happen, Mary Smith wouldn't exist. Or she would end up with an entirely different collection of DNA. Wow. I didn't know you could get all romantic with this ancestry stuff. It's not all romantic. Sometimes a chain in the link that created a Mary Smith involves rape or incest, tacky affairs, subjugation, slavery, colonizing, or connections that Disney will never make a movie about. That's a downer. It's real. We each get here because two people came together at least one time. No matter whether someone was legally adopted, informally taken in by strangers or family or neighbors, even kidnapped, we all get here pair by pair whether the two people celebrated a 70th wedding anniversary, whether the two people had a one-night stand or shared stolen afternoons, the math always adds up. Okay, Professor, I'm even more confused. About what? Whether you are romantic or a total cynic. I'm a cynical romantic. <laughs> I got one more question for you. I assume that you know that the proper way to frame that sentence is, I have one more question for you. Yeah, I have one more question for you. Ask away. Professor, don't take this the wrong Teeing way. Teeing up the question again. But let me guess. Why do I care? Yeah. You're the one who stays after every class to talk. Why do you? She scores a three-point shot, but I got a good excuse. And that would be? I only get one black teacher in college. You got students coming out the ears. I wouldn't go that far, but I do have other students, and I need you to get along with them. Why? Because during class, we are the only two black people in the room. And I'm going to need you to represent. Scene six. Scene changes back to the living room of Jamie and Drake. I can't believe I told him that he needs to represent. <laughs> oh, God. First of all, I don't even know if kids use that term anymore. If it popped out of your mouth that easily, then yes, the kids don't use that word anymore. I don't know why I tell you anything. You tell me everything because I tell you the truth. So, you're telling me that you're not even tempted to confess? I am not tempted to tell him. I don't believe you. You're right. I'm tempted. But I'm not going to do it. It wouldn't benefit him. From what you're telling me, he'd get an incredible benefit. He's getting the best of both worlds right now. Me without the complications. True. His mother sounds like she would make his this tragically ugly. I don't think that's the best way to characterize it. She doesn't know any of the story. I at least know some of it. The ugliest part? Don't you want to tell the truth? Be open? I would love to tell the truth. I would love to have a Hallmark Channel movie moment so sweet we would have to make an emergency visit to Maurice's appointment to have cavities filled, but... But what? I just can't. I can't explain ancient history and expect everyone to understand. And there's no way you could tell him and ask him to keep it from her? 
That's honestly why I'm not that tempted, because I wouldn't want to put him in that position. You know, you really would have made a good mother, putting his interests first. <laughs> Except for changing diapers, the terrible twos, cleaning up both ends of the kid, puberty, acne, sex ed, helping with math homework. Never mind, forget I said anything. Already forgotten. So, what are we doing for dinner since neither of us has started cooking? Thai or Cuban? Since you picked last time, I say... Chili over at DJ's house, did you forget? That's tonight. It's always been tonight because you know that Peter always cooks dinner for his brother's birthday. I lost track of what the date is. Interesting. I'm sorry, interesting? You can forget the birthday of my youngest son and the dinner party my oldest son throws for him every year, but you remember in uncanny detail a hundred-year-old birth certificate information and archival census data. Old and archival information is my job. And remembering my family info isn't. Your family. You said it. Because clearly that's what you meant. Drake, honey, we've been over this a million times. Your sons aren't children. They were in college when we met, and they are both well into their 30s now. Not to mention that other little issue. Besides, I'm surprised DJ keeps up the tradition. Drake stands up and starts to exit. What's the big deal? I forgot you reminded me. We'll head out in a few minutes. Great, I'll try to hold up family enthusiasm enough for the both of us. If you're going to be like that, maybe I should just stay home. It's not as if either DJ or Peter would care. Or did you forget about that? I don't forget anything about family. Drake exits. Scene 7. Scene changed to the living room of Belinda and Theo. A few weeks have passed. I don't like some woman. I don't even know messing with my family. How's it messing with your family, mama? She just set me up for a summer internship. That's all. That's all? It's out of town. We can't afford that. I keep telling you it's a paid internship. It's not much, but it will cover my living expenses. Why couldn't she get you one at home then? You ain't got to pay a dime living here. It doesn't work like that. She had to find someone who already had an internship program. The closest one she found for me is in St. Louis. What am I supposed to do without you all summer? Mama, I graduate in almost a year. This is a good time for you to get used to me not being around. Right. What's that supposed to mean? You really think you're going to find a job doing that nonsense you're always talking about? You better hope they still hiring over at Amazon. Peaches tell me Goldie makes almost $13 an hour over there. I'm not going to work at Amazon sorting through packages. Oh, you think you're too good to work with your hands? I wish I could make that kind of money. Why don't you apply? You trying to be a smart-ass boy? Because you ain't too big for me to beat your ass right here now. No, I'm not. I'm serious. Just apply. You might get the job. That's a ditty-ass teacher woman putting foolishness in your head. That's what the problem is. She got any kids? What that have to do with the price of tea in Amsterdam? It's the price of tea in China. Don't be a smart ass. So do she? Do she what? Have kids. Keep up, college boy. I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I mean, I don't know. She got a man? I don't know that either. Wait. She does wear a, a, a wedding ring, I think. I think that's a wedding ring. That's something, I guess. What you talking about? Don't make sense. A woman her age... Taking all this interest and such in a child your age. How old she be again? I don't know. Maybe your age, a little younger. She going to be with you in St. Louis? Not really. She says she will come through from time to time for research. Research my ass. Speaking of research. We weren't. We kind of were. No, we wasn't. What you want, boy? You don't talk much about my daddy. Uh-huh. I was wondering. And I ain't starting now. I didn't... 
ask you anything yet. If I wanted you to know about him, don't you think you would know by now? Maybe you thought I was too young. Is this some psychologic test or whatever it's called? To get me to talk about something I don't want to talk about? I mean, it's not like I don't have a right to know. All right. I'm going to say this slow and low, boy, so you remember it. Just forget I said it. I'm not going to forget a goddamn thing. You got a right to breathe. I let that happen when I didn't have to. You got a right to have food in your belly. I done let that happen for the past 20 years, too. You got a right to learn how to read and write and do some arithmetic so you can grow up, get a job, and take care of your damn self. I think I'm more than done covered that. Belinda goes to a drawer and gets something to write with and something to write on. She's not angry, but she moves with more deliberateness than we have seen so far. She writes quickly on something and shoves it towards Theo. I'm giving you your daddy's name. Not because I think you have a right to nothing. It's my business. Just my business. But that is how you got here, and I don't ever want to hear about this shit again. Thea looks down at the name. This is a pretty common name. You don't have any- That's all I got. Maybe I should have given you that sooner, but I didn't. What this about all of a sudden? It's not really all of a sudden. I mean, I am taking a genealogy class. It's natural that I'm curious. What that gene should be again? Ancestry. History. Where people come from. Here's where you come from. Your name is Thelonious Jermaine Corker. You came out of your mama's poo-tang. Mama! Your mama's poo-tang. Me. <laughs> Belinda Dolores Corker. Your no-good daddy was a hit-it-and-quit-it nigga. So even with that piece of paper you got now... The only name you need to worry yourself about is mine and your granddaddy's, Jebediah Solomon Corker, because that's who I let name you. And daddy always liked him some Thelonious Monk. My mama's name was Josephine Corker, and her mama's name before that was Josephine. So, there you go, where your people be from. Again, don't ask me no more shit about this. It's a bit more complicated than that. Real ancestry research can go back hundreds of years, back to where our people are from in Africa. Here we go. See, this is that school foolishness that I'm talking about. I saw roots. I don't need to hear a damn thing more about slavery. We go back further than slavery, mama. We were powerful men and women living free. Well, too bad we ain't now. Scene eight, shift to classroom. Theo after class, talking to Jamie. Too bad we ain't now. That's what she said. That's too bad. It sounds like your mother's attitude is merely reflecting her worldview as she knows it. Are you really that curious about your origins? I would like to know more about my daddy. Do you think you could use this ancestry stuff to find him? First of all, you're about to do an internship, a coveted internship recommended by me. So you can't go in there using language like this ancestry stuff. My bad. Do you think w you, we, could use the ancestry tools that you have access to so I can find my pops. That's better. So can you? That's complicated. So that's no. It's a that's complicated. Why? Let's talk about the why before we get to the how. Okay, I think. Ancestry is about assessing the facts of existence. I know. I don't think you do. I'm not a child professor. I know about biology, and I've had a lady friend or two. 
No doubt, young man. And way too much information. Let me put it this way. Remember that Mary Smith example I gave you? I talked about how her mother, Samantha, and father, Frank, came together and they conceived her as part of their marriage? Yeah, of course. I was hoping you could have come up with a less corny name than Mary Smith. Theo, her name is unimportant. It doesn't matter whether her name was Maria or Monique or Maya. For my point, what's important is that Mary Smith's parents had a path that had nothing to do with her before her, before it had everything to do with her. They met and had an attraction, either emotional or physical or both, and from that attraction, they developed a relationship that involved a love and commitment that inevitably led to that particular Mary Smith being born. That's what I'm talking about. Except that this is not necessarily what you were talking about. You see, what I'm talking about is parenting, being a family. What happens to the Mary Smiths of the world when there was not a lasting connection? Where Frank Smith turns out to be a cruel and crass man who doesn't care about Samantha and certainly doesn't care about the baby he fathered. You can find out who is next on the paternal side of your ancestry tree, but that's not going to give you the name of your parent, of your family. I hear you, but what if my father is a good man? Did your mother tell you whether or not he knew she was pregnant with you? I kind of got the impression that he knew. Then trust me, he's not a good man. At least at the time, he wasn't a good man. Man, prof, you know how to break it down. I'm not trying to be cruel. I know you're not. But you're still not going to help me find him, are you? In a nutshell, it would all depend upon whether your father or any of his other relatives were in the database. How do they get in the database? When I started doing this work, getting in the database was mostly voluntary. But a few years ago, there began to be a, this push to cross-reference the various databases that collected information through blood and made it illegal to allow someone without consent to have their blood used for ancestry links. But you can find out information, right? I heard you talking to another professor about that. That's because I consult for the government and have a special clearance. These days, I can get in a lot of trouble for looking up information not specifically delineated in my contract. So it's that serious, eh? I wish I could, but... But what? So why do you want to find your father? I don't know. I, I've just never met him, and I want to know. You want to know what? How I'm like him. Do I look like him, sound like him? Does he like the same things I like? How much of me, how much of me isn't like my mother? N not that there is anything wrong with my mother, but I just, I just want to know. You're curious about nature versus nurture. I certainly get that. What does that mean? Just a way of trying to figure out how much of you is how you are because of the way and the people who raised you and how much springs from your DNA. I guess that is it. So are you getting excited about your internship? I don't know if I would say excited. Still not sure what they want with me. You have strong computer skills, a good instinct for unraveling loose threads until you get to the root of what you were looking for, and when you choose, unlike sometimes in my class, you are good with people. I'm sorry about class, but these arrogant, know-it-all white boys get on my nerves. You do realize that part of the problem is that the white boys are jealous because of the amount of positive attention you attract from the comely white female students in class. Comely? Attractive. Oh. Well, my mama says white women are the devil. Your mother sounds full of beaumont. What's that? It's French, and it means witty remarks. You don't like my mother much. Why would you say that? I've never met her. No, but it's clear. Look, she's not educated like you. She doesn't have all the opportunities you done had to get yours. Young man, you don't know what opportunities I've had or have not had. 
You know nothing about my nature or nurture. What you are picking up on about my feelings is that I'm afraid that your mother has passed on to you some questionable perspectives about the world that will not serve you well. What you saying? I don't know if life as you know it is the best preparation for you going out in the world. I know you are not trying to talk shit about my mama or the way I was raised. Your language tells me that you're really upset with me. Damn right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. Everything I'm trying to say to you comes out wrong. Theo angrily exits. Scene 9. Scene shifts to living room of Jamie and Drake. Everything came out wrong. I should never have said anything. Are you trying to sabotage your relationship with him, or do you have that much resentment for her? You, of all people, are defending him and his mother? You're the one questioning how deep I'm finding myself in with Theo. I don't approve, but I love you too much to be delighted that you are walking into inevitable pain. How do I tell him the truth without involving her, too? In every piece of literature known to man... Or woman. Or woman. People with dubious origins seek out their birth parents or even their birth siblings. But not you. You want to have a relationship with a birth nephew. Actually, honey, my origins aren't dubious. I know exactly who my mother and my genetic supplier are. It's my blood sister who doesn't know she has a bonus sister because, to get very trite, which breaks house rules... Papa was a rolling stone. Only he never laid his hat in my mother's home. You have no desire to know your sister. Half sister. Didn't you once tell me, more than once, that only white people casually and conversationally split those kind of biological hairs? This is different. Of course it is. I'm serious. This isn't a half-sister where I have a relationship with her and the parent we share. I understand. Everything is in the dark. Everyone is in the dark except you. I'm waiting. For what? For the I told you so. Because but for me violating protocol, I'd be blissfully in the dark too. My I told you so should be like a fine mist that hangs gently in the air whenever <laughs> you leave the condo. But I don't want you to suffer. I'm not suffering. Honey. I'm not suffering. Since the day I met you. The luckiest day of your life. The luckiest moment of my life. I've seen you work through many emotions. You're slow to get angry, but at least I've seen you get there. True. Anger is not my go-to emotion. I've seen you despondent even. When you live long enough, the goodbyes tug on your soul just a little bit harder each time. That's something your mother would have said. And I know you still miss her, and I do too. Losing your parents may be the cycle of life, but that is one cycle I hate. But you like the cycles of joy and peace, curiosity, and a whole long strata of other emotions. This is not your line of expertise. I'm serious, Jamie. Fine, but what are you getting at? What I've never seen you grapple with is indecision. I've never seen you stumped by feeling conflicted. And since you met your nephew, you've been drowning in both. Theo, since I've met Theo. Since you've met Theo, your nephew, I've seen you indecisive and conflicted. Thanks, I think. And sorry, honey, neither of these is a good look on you. <laughs> there goes that unconditional love. Unconditional love is not love that wears a sleep mask and earplugs. Poetic again. Realism can be poetic. I'm going to just let this go. As far as everyone is concerned, he's not family. I'm just his teacher. Scene 10. Scene shifts to classroom. Jamie and Belinda are in Jamie's classroom, facing he's, off. He's not your family. 
You're just his teacher. Stay out of his business. You're upset because I helped your son get a paid internship? Out of town. That's where it is. St. Louis is just a four-hour drive away. Just a four-hour drive. Just a four hours, just four hours away. You gonna pay for us to have a car to get there? Or pay for the bus or the train? Why are you making this so personal? Do you have any idea how internships work? I don't. And I don't care. Let me guess. You live in a big fancy house, right? You jump on and off planes to go to St. Louis and anywhere else you want to go, don't you? Actually, I don't fly to St. Louis. When I go, I drive. And I'm a college professor at a public university. That doesn't exactly make me rich. I see that fancy wedding ring you got. Your husband just a teacher too? I don't see what my husband has to do with anything. Oh, I bet he ain't a teacher. Let me guess. A big businessman. No, a doctor. Nah, nah, a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, well, I thought, a lawyer. Not all lawyers are rich. By the way, you said that your man is. <laughs> anyway, just stay away from my son. Your son is a bright, intuitive young man who you are underestimating. I opened a door for him, but he's the one that walked right through it. He will be there because of him, not me. Don't you talk about my son like you know him. Your ass sure as hell don't know him better than I know him. I just want you to keep your big ideas and your big load of bullshit out of his head. Usually I have parents meeting with me to talk me into raising their college-age child's grades or to beg me to get them an internship or write a better recommendation letter for them. You are the only parent who meets with me to degrease the wheel. What are you really afraid of, Belinda? How you know my name? You, you mentioned it. Or maybe Theo mentioned it. So in passing, Theo mentioned my name? Yes, that's it. And after he mentioned it, you remembered it? I really don't know how I know, remembered how, how I remembered. Does it really matter? I don't know, does it? Look, I don't mean to be rude. But you about to be. No, I'm not. I was just going to tell you that my class is about to start. I won't allow you to take my son. Take? You're being ridiculous. Maybe I am, maybe I ain't. I really don't know why you resent the help I'm giving your son. Just stay away from him. He's my student, and he thinks of me as a mentor. Whatever. I want you to stay away from my son, and I'll do whatever I have to. What's that supposed to mean? You the big-time college professor, you tell me. Maybe I'll go tell your boss that you hit in on my son. <sighs> I think you would get in some big trouble for that. It may be 20, 30, but that Me Too thing from all those years ago is about to make a comeback, I hear. You would look mentally disturbed. Maybe. But if it keep you away from Theo, it be worth it. So, is all this because I know your first name? Or because I helped your almost old enough to legally smoke and drink son get an internship? All I need you to do is stay your sedity ass away from my boy. Theo did tell me some about your background. Like what? You, not knowing his father, his grandparents. He just brought that up? Yes. He got a lot of nerve. And none of that is your damn business. This is a course about researching basic genealogy, ancestry. If I talk to any of my students long enough, their family comes up. Okay, then. Who are your people? Excuse me? You so busy expecting everybody else to tell their business, what you call it, their ancestry. <laughs> I'm asking, where are you from? You black. I'm black. Maybe I knows your people. I doubt it. You think you're too good to know my people? It's not that, it's 
just complicated. Who your kin is be complicated? Right. If only you knew. Blood ain't complicated. I wish that were true. Try me. I'll start. My daddy's name was Jebediah Solomon Corker. He was a big-time minister at the Goldenrod Church of God in Christ. The two women stare. Theo enters. Seeing his mother in the classroom, he is surprised, shocked even. Mama, what you doing here? Talking to your teacher. His college professor. There you go again. What she do? What did I do? Look, class is about to start, Theo. Why don't you take a seat and Belinda, Miss Corker, we can take this up some other time. Mama, why don't we get out of here? I'll take you to lunch in the commons. They got an Arby's over there. Sound of college students getting loud in the hallway. Class is about to start soon. Not for me. We're going over advanced preparation for finals. I can study for a test on my own. I've done just fine so far. Theo and Belinda exit the classroom. Shifts to living room of Belinda and Theo. You didn't have to come back home with me. You could have stayed with your teacher lady. I'm doing just fine. Mama, what's wrong? Nothing, baby. There's something. Look, why did you go see her? Professor McBride. Bet you thought it was going to be a white man when you walked into that classroom. That's what she said. I bet she did. Why do you hate her so much? You a college boy. Don't talk stupid. Why? Okay, I hate her. There. You happy? No, I'm not. What's so special about her? Who said there was anything special about her? You realize how much you talk about her? About that class? Mommy, it's just a class. I can stop talking about it so much if you want me to. Semester's almost over anyhow. Is it because she has all that education? I really don't know what you are talking about. She's just a lady like you. She ain't hardly like me. And I damn sure don't want to be like her. Okay, mama. Sure, she's classy. Most quiet bitches come classy. <laughs> so what? I could have been classy too, you know? My mama just didn't have... Well, she just didn't have any way of teaching me better. Nobody said you weren't classy. I'm not a fool. I ain't. What about Grandpa? What about him? You said he was a good man, but you don't talk much about him. When did I ever say he was a good man? When? I never said a goddamn thing about him being a good man. I mean, you always talk about how you let him name me. I couldn't have stopped that man from naming you if I wanted to. If he wanted to name you Kermit the Frog, that's what your ass would have been called. I don't understand. You don't have to understand shit. All you have to do is be black and die. That's it. I think one of your lawyer lady shows is about to come on. Why don't we... Um... Why don't you stop talking to me like I'm a child, boy? Like I'm an ignorant child who don't know how to... Belinda suddenly looks very confused and sits down slowly on the couch while Theo looks at her with worry. Scene shifts to the living room of Jamie and Drake a few weeks later. Jamie has a pile of tests in front of her. Why don't you just take a break? Put this to the side. I'm not prepared for this. What am I going to do? Is that a rhetorical question? Is yours? Jamie, honey, you have no other choice here. Your ethical conundrums have their own family trees now. Don't. You know, what you're not supposed to know because of unethically using that government database. I told you those tightening laws were going to catch up with you. Now you've developed a relationship with your nephew, even though he doesn't know who he is to you, and neither does his mother. And on top of everything else, 
you're seriously considering passing him when you would flunk any other student who pulled this. I just don't know what happened. One minute we're fine. He's excited about this area of study. He seems to be loving having me as a mentor. And then his mother rolls up a nasty, smelly, blinding stink bomb in the middle of the room, out of the blue. And I don't know what to do. Your sister... His mother... His mother, which makes her your sister... My half-sister... Fail him! I can't. You can! But... He didn't turn in his final paper. He barely passed the final exam, and he's ignoring you. I can't fail him for no longer speaking to me. Fine. Don't fail him for poor communications. Fail him for the rest. He won't get the internship, and it threatens his graduation. Not your problem. But he's my nephew. To you he is. To you he's family. Family who isn't speaking to you. But you're right. He doesn't know. Finally. I'm right about something. There's something I've been meaning to tell you. That would explain my suddenly being right about something. This isn't, this isn't for laughs. Uh-oh. I didn't want to worry you. Consider me worried what? Dylan wants to talk to me Monday morning. Your department chair wanting to talk to you isn't that unusual, is it? Petra told me on the sly that he's upset about something and that she's pretty sure it involves my government security clearance. How would she know? Because she knows he got off the phone with Homeland Security right before he asked her to send me the email about meeting on Monday. I've never known him to ask his secretary to send me a simple email instead of just doing it himself. Shit. Aren't you worried? The only thing I'm allowing myself to be worried about is wondering where the cat is. It's unlike him to go missing for so long. Several months later, beginning of fall semester, scene shifts to Jamie's classroom. Jamie is at her desk. Theo walks in with a backpack. Hey, Professor. Look what the cat drug in. Jamie keeps her head down, looking at her papers. Hey. Jamie finally looks up. Professor is a title given to a person who teaches in a college or university setting. I know. Typically, Look. it is used by people who respect the work, training, expertise, time given to a person who has earned the title professor. I'm sorry. Normally not used by someone who has disappeared from a university class that they need for graduation. Professor, please. Normally not used by a student who disappears from class, phones in a paper, and practically blows off the final test. My mother died. What? Right after she came to your office. We went home and had a huge fight. What? What happened? Heart attack. Oh, no. Did she have uh, heart problems? Who knows? Anyway, I'm sorry. I should have told you I didn't want you thinking I was making excuses. Your mother died. That's not an excuse. Please, sit down. I am so, so sorry. My God, it... Must have been our argument. She was so upset. I, I My mama fights. Fought. Fought all the time. She cussed out the mailman for folding up the bills in the mailbox and then called and cussed out folks at the electric company because the bill was wrong. Only the bill was never wrong. My mama was a good woman, but she was angry. Angry all the time. This world didn't give her a chance to be much else. Are you okay? Not really. I came out of school today to tell them I wasn't coming back. What do you mean? You can't do that. You graduate this semester. First of all, thank you for that, C. I know I didn't deserve it. You were doing great work up until the very end. Look, you can't quit school. Not this close to the finish line. I have to. 
I may hate Family Dollar, but I took for granted all the years they helped my mama keep a roof over our heads. I have to move into a smaller place, and that still takes money. No, you're not quitting. Theo, I have something to tell you. End of Act One. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to part one of the Parsnipship Presents Buried Roots by Michelle Tyreen Johnson, directed by Caesar Williams with musical guest Marie Gabriel. To hear part two of this episode and many others, subscribe to the Parsnipship wherever you listen to your podcasts. New plays, new music. This is how we hear theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.